Bloomberg Law with June Grasso from Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Show. I'm June Grasso. Ahead in this hour, the legal attacks on the post office escalate. President Trump wants the Supreme Court to resolve one of his Twitter problems. TikTok goes on the offensive. And a court tosses Scott Peterson's death sentence. This week, New York and New Jersey became the latest states to sue President Trump and his postmaster general, Louis DeJoy, over major changes to postal service operations that resulted in mail delays across the country. It's the third multi-state lawsuit filed this month over the changes at the post office that the Democratic attorneys general claim were meant to sabotage the election. In congressional testimony, DeJoy said he'll pause the operational changes, but he told Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna that he will not restore the mail sorting machines. Even if the machines, in your perspective, don't do anything, what is the harm to do it till Election Day? In Washington, it makes plenty sense. To me, it makes none. You haven't explained why. And then final question. Because they're not needed. That's why. But if it will restore people's faith in a democracy and avoid a polarized electorate, I would think... Get get me the billion, get me the billion, and I'll put the machines in. Joining me is election law expert Nate Persily, a professor at Stanford Law School. Nate, what are the grounds for these lawsuits? The states are suing the post office and the federal government because the decisions that were made with respect to changes in the postal system were allegedly not done in compliance with the applicable law that regulates the post office. So they have a series of claims under the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, the Postal Reorganization Act, and other measures. And the basic idea is that you can't make these abrupt changes in the way that you did. You have to do it in a more considered way. When the Postmaster General testified, he said that he would suspend any additional changes until after the election, but he wouldn't reverse changes that have already taken place. Does that make any of the lawsuit moot? I don't think it moots the lawsuit. I think that it is still the case that the states are trying to get the post office to speed up the mail, and they're trying to use every arrow in their quiver to do that. You know, it remains to be seen if the court is going to throw this out on standing grounds or because these are sort of coherent legal theories. But I don't think the case is mooted just because he's rolling back some of the changes, because he said he's not going to roll back all of them. There's some like the removal of sorting machines that are not going to be reinstated. This is the third lawsuit filed this month, covering about 23 states now. Why three different lawsuits? Are there any substantive differences among them, or is it just to take advantage of different courts? Well, I think the changes and the differences between the lawsuits come in part because of the different ambitions of the attorneys general who are filing these cases. But I think also it has to do with different legal theories. Some of the other cases are grounded on a right to vote theory that basically what the post office is doing is violating the voting rights of people who want to vote by mail, whereas some of these lawsuits are more on the procedures that were used and the determinations that were made by the post office to make these changes. In the Pennsylvania lawsuit, the United States responded that the states don't have standing to sue the federal government, which you mentioned before, on behalf of citizens, because any future injuries would be speculative. Is that likely a winning argument? Well, that's a typical argument that you get in cases like this. There are only certain situations in which the states are allowed to sue the federal government. And the question is, are they suing in their sovereign capacity sort of as states or are they suing on behalf 
of their citizens. And there was a famous case dealing with EPA regulations, Massachusetts versus EPA, a while ago that weighed in on that topic. And, you know, this is one of these ongoing questions, especially in these highly charged political cases, which is whether the states have sort of independent cause of action, whether they have been injured in a concrete way that's not speculative. In your legal opinion, do the states have standing here? Well, I think it really does depend on how close the link is from what the post office is doing to the effects on individual people who are receiving and sending mail. So that's sort of an evidentiary question. We still don't really know the effect of the individual policy changes, although it looks like from the graphs that were submitted as part of the litigation that there was a significant drop off and delay in mail starting in June when a lot of these changes happened. I think that someone will have standing to litigate these cases. The question is whether it could be resolved before the election. I'm skeptical that that will happen. But, you know, as in many political cases, the main force here is to just expose what the post office is doing and to try to get them to reverse course. That was my next question. Can they move these cases fast enough to get them resolved and any changes put into place before the election? I think the primary solution here is a political one to make sure that there's enough pressure that's put on officials so that they deliver the mail on time, especially with respect to the election mail. And I would be surprised if you had a court order that sort of reversed some of these policies because, you know, as frustrating as it is, it's not like you have a legal right to have a letter sent and delivered to you within three days or something like that. And so, you know, we've had late mail for for many years. The question is, when does it become so late? And the process by which they've made these decisions become so arbitrary that you have a legal claim. And we're seeing similar kinds of lawsuits in the immigration realm and, and other settings, given the fact that the administration has made serious changes to the administrative state. I have to ask you if there's any truth to President Trump's repeated claims that widespread mail-in voting leads to ballot fraud. The debate over mail-in voting is over. Whether you're a Republican Secretary of State, Democratic Secretary of State, there is broad consensus once you get away from the national debate, there's broad consensus that mail voting can be done in a way that is not leading to fraud. We don't have a significant history of fraud in the states that have mail voting. And for that matter, these states, almost all the battleground states are moving to absentee balloting, um, which is the kind of balloting that and voting that the president and his family do. So I, I think that it's become a, a distraction, really, to start talking about all vote by mail, since the most important states are going to be just doing absentee voting. Well, President Trump is at times the master of distraction. Will it lead, though, to inevitable lawsuits if he loses about mail-in balloting and fraud? If the election is close, you can be sure that there will be many lawsuits challenging many aspects of the election infrastructure. And given that you'll have roughly half of the American population, upwards of, you know, 60 to 70 million people voting by mail uh, or through mail ballots, then you should expect that that will be one of the real foci of, of litigation. That's what people are going to be concentrating on. When I read the complaint in the New York suit, it made allegations that Secretary of the Treasury Mnuchin had been directly interfering with the post office in the month prior to the resignation of David Williams from the Board of Governors. Why wasn't he brought in as a named party on the lawsuit? 
you know, in general, you don't sue different cabinet officials who may have exerted pressure uh, on agencies. Um, the question is whether the government behaved in a way contrary to law. Uh, however, that's incredibly important evidence if you're trying to say that the articulated reason for a change in policy was not actually the one that they they said, but was pretext for political motives. And so it's very similar to what happened in the case dealing with the census, where the allegation was that this was being done, that, that uh, the addition of a citizenship question on the census was being done for political reasons, not for um, the reasons that the Secretary of Commerce said or that the, the uh, others in the administration said. And so if you have evidence of political interference, that could uh, undermine the case that it was done for neutral reasons. There's a Trump campaign lawsuit over ballot drop boxes in Pennsylvania, yep. and a federal judge put it on hold so that the state courts could decide the matter or rule on the matter further. What is the import of that? Is that very important, or is it just a procedural thing? I think it is an important case. It's an important case for Pennsylvania, but it's an important case uh nationally to signaling about the different ways that people can deposit their mail ballot because at the same time that we're complaining about the postal service and that president trump is complaining about uh vote by mail um the use of ballot drop boxes is a in some ways a more secure less mail intensive way of getting these mail ballots uh into the hands of election officials and so uh if they are ruled to be illegal in under Pennsylvania law that will remove one other way that um of people would be able to drop off their ballot um and and it just put, creates greater reliance either on in person voting or on the mail itself uh and, and where they've been used um in the vote by mail states they're used you know quite frequently and so Colorado for example which is all vote by mail um, it's sort of a misnomer because 75% of the voters in Colorado actually drop off their ballot in a ballot drop box, not in the, with the Postal Service. That's Nate Persley of Stanford Law School. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to tune into the Bloomberg Law Show every weeknight at 10 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio.